Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is MBS Fitness Radio. All right, what's up? We're back with MBS Fitness Radio. We are here with Chris Hoppy. Chris is a member of MBS Fitness. Uh, he's got a background as a gym owner, uh, CrossFit gym owners. Uh, he um, was a regional athlete, and um, and we really are excited to have him on, on today to kind of talk about his story, kind of transitioning. So, Chris, kind of give us your background, how you got into fitness, um, and kind of just start from there. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. Um, general background. I would say I played sports my whole life. I was in karate when I was younger, and then I got into football. And then after football, I, I played college ball for about a year. I always loved the strength and conditioning aspect of it. Um, I always just felt, I don't know, I felt comfortable in the gym. It always felt home. I always wanted to be in there after practice. It was just... Where did you play ball at? Uh, I, well, I grew up in Texas, so I okay. played high school football in Texas. And okay. then I moved to Colorado to play for a D2 school. Um called Adam State. Okay. Um, and what position were you? Uh, in high school, I was offensive lineman. Okay. And then I moved to more of a defensive end in college. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Ditto. Yeah, it was uh, the size discrepancy of both the school and um, the offensive lineman. Going from high school in, in Texas, my my high school was larger than the college I went to. Yeah. And, you know, it was like our average on our offensive line was like 380 in high school and you go and then you go to, to D2 school and, and uh, college and it was roughly the same if not less and yeah. I, I just couldn't keep up with that size it yeah. was just it crushed me so gotcha. okay yeah so I, I fell in love with the strength and conditioning aspect and then from that I kind of fizzled out of football and was just kind of floundering and, and found my way back to the gym and uh, ended up getting into a little bit more of uh bodybuilding at that time it was mm. something i hadn't really had a chance to get into which was cool yeah um but it kind of me it kind of got me left wanting you know i kind of got bored and then that's kind of what springboarded me into the rest what kind of like what attracted you to bodybuilding um i could see the the transformation okay. you know i could see i was i was kind of out of shape you know i was after football i didn't need to be like big anymore you know as far as offensive defensive linemen and i was like all right well i can move a lot of weight and you know it seemed to be the the logical in it was like here we go so um yeah it was it was kind of the the easiest in and that's all i really knew very cool okay yeah um how'd you like find out about those those like workouts were you creating your own were you like reading magazines or it was definitely a muscle mag driven a hundred percent i had every one of them just stacked up you know <laughs> and just reading all the workouts and things like that and and then um i i wanted to make a career out of it so yeah. i was like i, I like doing this so i went to a place in colorado called the national personal training institute yeah okay and uh so i went there and and i you know it was it was awesome. I just fell in love and immediately got a job at uh, 24 hour fitness being a personal trainer. And I worked out 24 seven and lived at the gym. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So you went down kind of the bodybuilding path yep. said, man, something's lacking here. And what, yeah. what was that lack? Uh, it was, I think it was a, a bit of the team atmosphere that yeah. I was used to from football. Like I wanted to work out with my buddies, you yeah. know, and the, the difficulty from like a cardiovascular sweat, you know, just 
like a practice, you know, yeah. I, I wanted a practice is what I felt. And I didn't get that. And I was, I was bored, you know, with the muscle mags, you know, uh, you, you know, if that's your thing, no problem. I totally understand. But it, it seemed like it was the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. You know, the, it come out the next month, it'd be the same routine a little differently, this routine a little differently. And I was like, you know, for me, I was like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm missing that. Yeah. And, that. And that's what I think kind of primed the pump, if you will, for CrossFit. Okay. So how, how did you find out about CrossFit? It was, uh, it was actually a, uh, I, 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 it's funny. I remember it just distinctly like it was yesterday and it was, I think it was 2006 and, uh, I had started to mix different workouts from different muscle magazines together, like back to back. So yeah. it'd be like, all right, do these levels of back squats. And then it was like, do these box jumps and then do this bench. And I started to do those things back to back to back to back. And there was a, a sales manager that walked up to me and he was like, man, you should, you should try this thing. It's called CrossFit. And I was like, well, like, what do you mean? And he was like, just check it out. It's like a, a, a mix of all this stuff together. Like it's kind of weird, but it looks like what you're doing. Y- you might like it. I saw a guy in here doing it the other day yeah. and I was like, oh, okay. And, and then that's, that was kind of the initial, the first, the first attempt I'll okay. put it that way. And so originally you were doing CrossFit in a commercial gym. Yeah, 24-hour fitness in Colorado Springs. and uh, Did you get some pretty amazing looks? All the time. (laughs) Yeah, up until the day we left. We (laughs) uh, we were constantly kind of pushing the boundaries of what what was acceptable for sure. (laughs) I can't help but laugh because it's like it mirrors my story, my story like pretty close. Um, Okay, so originally you're doing it in 24-hour gym. You left there at some point. Like what happened? Yeah, yeah. well, uh, we started, I say we, I, we started, I gathered a, a following. There was, you know, three or four of us that worked out as far as trainers and, and coaches in between clients while we were training at 24 hour fitness. And we just got to the point where they really didn't like what we were doing. Um, they being just the management and other members, it just wasn't, it didn't fit. There wasn't a place for it at the time. Yeah. Like there wasn't like a functional area that there is in most, even like big, big gyms. Now they have at least some sort of pull up area that's yeah. not right by the cable machines and things like that. And more than one squat rack. So we weren't doing Olympic lifting in the middle of the floor, yeah. you know, so we, we gathered together and, and one of my clients actually happened to be my mom. Um, who had really gotten into it the previous year. I trained all my clients with CrossFit. We all did CrossFit in between sessions. And then we got to the point where I was working with my mom and she was like, hey, you know, if, if we're going to do this thing, this kind of now's the time, you know, you've got a really great thing going. Let's see what it looks like. So, yeah. so we decided to just start a kind of a personal training studio, basically, where I could take my clients, and then in between my clients, all me and my friends could do CrossFit. Yeah, and that was that was the business plan. There was nothing else. <laughs> it was just that. What year was that? That was two thousand seven. Okay, yeah. that's like early CrossFit. Yeah, I think the first CrossFit dot com workout was posted in two thousand one. Yeah, so we were, I would but, say, relatively early adopter. Yeah, I was trying to think of when, like, affiliates started popping up. Man, I would say... Feels like, like, feels like a three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, obviously, you're doing CrossFit. Yep. Uh, it's kind of gaining popularity. Uh, at what point did you did you kind of transfer from, hey, this is just a training modality that I'm going to do to, like, this is some, something I'm going to compete in? Oh, man. It, I think it just kind of naturally... I stumbled on it really. I was just, I was smoking my friends. Like, I mean, all my buddies, like they just, they could not, nobody could keep up. Um, 
and I loved it. Yeah. And there was a, another, I started, so I started to look for other local gyms like CrossFit gyms. And there was, there was, I think there was one other one and they were, they were going to run a, a CrossFit competition. And I was like, Oh, cool. I'll get to see other like fit dudes. Yeah. And I crushed the competition. I just absolutely wiped the floor, smoked it, took yeah. first in everything across the board. And I was like, Oh shit. I did pretty like, good. <laughs> okay. I, I was, I was better than I thought, which, which was awesome. And it was like, okay, this, like this, this is a lot of fun. I can get, you know, we can, we can make this a thing. Yeah. You know? Okay. Um, so t- call, talk to, to us kind of about how that eventually worked its way into, into regionals. What, what time did they start doing regionals? Cause they used to just do yeah. the open, right? And yeah. Well, the, the, the first year that the open happened was actually 2011. Okay. So that was the open. And then they had the, the regional that same year. Okay. Um, previous to that, they had had what something was called, uh, it, it kind of mirrors what actually is called now. Like it's called sanction. Like now they have like the sanctionals, which took, took the place of the regionals, but before the regionals, there was sectionals Gosh. Okay. and it was all like a local, it was basically a local competition that you had to qualify and then you would go to the games. You okay. Know? And the first games was actually in 2007. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So talk to us about, um, did you ever do any of those or was like you did the open in 2011? It, yeah. 2011 was the first time that we had anything that we were close enough to do. Yeah. Like in, in the open was worldwide for the first time, which is what made it accessible, which was awesome. Yeah. And then we as a gym could participate. And then we had a, actually had a regional that was about an hour away from us, which was cool because we qualified and we were able to go to the regional, which qualified you for the game. So yeah. that was really, 2011 was really the first time that we, uh, as a gym, got to compete and then go to regionals, which was amazing. Did y'all do a team, and did y'all go as individuals? It was it was cool. Um, and again, they've kind of come full circle with this, but they had the affiliate. Uh, it was called the Affiliate Cup. Yeah, and you know, I, I guess the last few years of the the games, if you're familiar with CrossFit, they had super teams. Yeah, so you could be from anywhere and, and go crazy. But originally, it was you had to train at the same gym. Yeah, and that was it. You know, so which they've gone back to, which I think is a great call because it, it developed this team aspect, which I was missing. Yeah, and we got to compete. Um, I, actually, I didn't qualify the first year. I was I was injured, but my girlfriend at the time did. And as a team, we didn't we didn't make it either. We weren't even close. Yeah. Um, but she qualified, so we got to go and, and participate in that deal, which was amazing. And I mean, to give it like a point of scale, like the regionals and sanctionals and things are like multi million dollar setups. And in 2011, it was at a high school in Castle Rock. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> I mean, it was tragic. I mean, it was like tense. It was like a, a hippie village yeah. took over a high school for a, like a couple <laughs> days, you know, which was cool. That's very, awesome. very Woodstock vibe. Okay. Well, what was your first uh, year qualifying for the regionals? Uh, 2013. Okay. 2013. Yeah, I had, uh, I actually had back surgery in 2012 and then coming off the back surgery, I qualified in 2013 through 2016. What was the back surgery? Uh, it was uh, a, 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 a discectomy okay. on L5, S1. I've got several herniations okay. all along that area in there. They took the disc, the disc out. Did they fuse? They, they didn't fuse. Okay. They were able to just take the, the fragments out. The only issues I have with it is the, the nerve pain. Yeah. Some of the fragments hit the femoral nerve, and my left leg is a little finicky. Gotcha. Yeah. It's But I, that's still kind of a testament to... I think a lot of times people use injuries not as an excuse, but it, you know, when you get hurt, there's a bit of a fear aspect of like, man, that that hurt, and I don't want to feel that pain again. Mm-hmm. And so, sometimes people will, will say, 
no, I got injured. Like I can never do that again. Um, or I can't do anything again. Um, especially with back injuries, I think, uh, and we, we've talked about this in the past, but sometimes with a back injury, you go see a doc and the doc will say, okay, you know, never, never deadlift again. Yeah. Which is a, is, is not a accurate way of describing it. Cause it's like saying never pick up anything off the ground again. Well, that's probably gonna be very difficult to do. So instead of saying never do again, why not say, let's figure out the right way to do it and ensure that you are building up the right muscles and the correct technique so that you'll never get hurt again. So I just think it's, it's cool that you had back, uh, you had a back injury surgery and then went to the, the regionals or a high level competitive competitor the next year. Yeah. It it actually, it, it made me stronger. Yeah. Like it was, the mentality was, okay, I, this is messed up. And it wasn't like I was trying to blame CrossFit or anything that I did. It could have been from football. It could have been from anything that I did. I mean, I did plenty of stuff to be an idiot and, you know, cause that in my back, but it was an opportunity to come back stronger. Yeah. It was like, okay, something's wrong. There's a dysfunction. And that's kind of how I viewed the injury was there's a dysfunction of my movement pattern somewhere that I need to get better. Yeah. Not, I don't need to do this. I need to do this more. Yeah. And it made me hyper aware and still to this day of what am I feeling? Like that's all an injury or pain is, is just kind of a red flag. Like, Hey, you need to do better. Yeah. And it's like, okay. You know, like you can either say, okay, and then just never do it again. Or you can actually heed the warning and do better and build stronger. My back needed to be strengthened, yeah. not backed off of. Yeah. It just needed to do it in the right way. Yeah. And I think that uh, CrossFit gave me the outlet to do that and explore that, which is also something we've talked about. I think CrossFit does really well is gives people, at least myself from my experience, an opportunity to explore different things within that, that CrossFit can offer. That's when I got into powerlifting and learning yeah. how to lift differently, you know, for my body structure and yeah. change the game. And I came back and, Within, within, I would say twelve months of my surgery, blew all my PRs out of the water. Yeah, no question. You know? That's awesome. And it went from right after surgery, I couldn't lift twenty five pounds for six weeks. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So um, you qualified for the regionals that first year. Yeah. Kind of talk to that experience. Oh man, it uh, it had blossomed it, from twenty eleven to twenty thirteen. I mean, it started picking up steam. Like it was unfathomable and it, the, the regional moved to Salt Lake city that year and it, uh, it was intense. Um, I ended up getting fifth and they took the top three. Mm, okay. So I was close and that was, I was still training by myself just with my buddies, just like lighten it up. You know, it was, I think it, back in the day it was, you were a CrossFit gym owner. You worked out when you weren't coaching yeah. and that was your life. That yeah. was literally it. Yeah. It was all we did. Were you, know? were you writing your own workouts or were you doing like dot com workouts or what were we doing? It was, I did all of my own programming okay. for my, for the gym and for myself. Yeah. And it was just straight theoretical guide to programming from CrossFit. Gotcha. And it was just constantly varied, you know, just looking at what we're doing. The only adaptations we would make is, uh, some, uh, I would say, I don't know if it's an appropriate term for it, but it would be more competition specific things that we would see such as multiple training time, you know, periods in a day, yeah. multiple days in a row of multiple training events, you know, yeah. things like that, that for a, a specific fitness event you're going to have to do, but wouldn't necessarily fall in the normal CrossFit right. programming. Right. Okay, cool. Which I actually, I think is missed by most people. <laughs> yeah. They don't understand that that's not CrossFit. Right, right. You know, the sport of CrossFit is not CrossFit. It no, is no, a sport. Not even know? close. Not even, not even remotely. It's like saying the sport of football is is 
Exactly. The, the same as throwing a, a, a football with your kid in it, the front yard. Like not even close. Not even in the same ballpark. <laughs> um, all right, so you get close. You get to oh, yeah. uh, f- uh, fifth. Yeah, heartbreaking. How what how's how's that impact you like mentally? And like, what did you do differently the next year? Well, it, I didn't. I didn't feel like I had a shot going in 2013. I was like. I was like, all right, I'm just going to get my ass kicked here. Because um, I knew all the guys. I mean, they were, you know, light years ahead of me from what I, I felt. Perceived, yeah. Yeah. And I went in there and held my own, and it was kind of like, holy crap. Like, yeah. if I would have, you know, pushed a little harder earlier in the weekend and known, and I was a rookie. I yeah. had never been to something that big. Um, man, I was like, man, I could I could do this. Yeah. You know? Um, so I hired a coach, you know, this, this was before getting a coach was a common place. Like there wasn't coaches, right? you know, I had to really seek this guy out and his, his name was Dusty Highland and, uh, he was working with a lot of, um, really well-known athletes at the time, like, uh, Lindsey Valenzuela, Sam Briggs, Noah Olson. He was working with them and he was was at the regional working with, uh, uh, one of the athletes there, Zach Forrest, who ran an affiliate out of uh, multi-time games athlete, affiliate out of Las Vegas for a long time. And uh, he was there and I saw him coaching him and I was like, that's, that's what I need to get to the next level is that yeah. I need that dedication. And it was, again, it was kind of a, a heart to heart with my mom of, I want to take this next year and see if I can. Yeah. Like, like, can you pick up the slack because you're going to need to, Yeah. Um, you know, and she was like, yeah, like, let's go, you know, cause it, I mean, it was an investment. I mean, the programming and the coaching itself was well over 300 bucks a month. Yeah. Um, and on top of multiple, multiple training sessions, food. I mean, I think that's what people don't take into account is the lifestyle that it takes to get to that level. It's not just training a lot. Yeah. To be at a high level at really any physical sport is not is way more than just that training period yeah it's 24 7 365 yeah absolutely i mean everything we did was geared around fitness yeah i mean it was 100 percent. where are we eating how are we eating where's the food coming from and we i that's when i started to kind of gain sponsors was starting to work with local companies that would you know uh one of my buddies started uh company at, named after our gym, which progressive fitness, they started progressive paleo. So okay. I was sponsored by progressive paleo Very and they cool. provided all my food. Yeah. Um, I got on through my coach with progenics and they provided all of my supplements and, you know, we started working on that and it, cause it, I mean, and I, one of my best friends was a, uh, masseuse. So okay. I got a massage every single day. And yeah. I became good friends with a dry needling specialist. Like it was like, it was, I mean, it's constant. You have your, you have an entire team. It was. To, to help you perform at your max. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so what happened the next year? Well, um, amazing opportunities that year training with Dusty. Uh, got to go out to LA a whole bunch, train out there for a few weeks, uh, train with people like Sam Briggs, Noah Olson, you know, Noah before he was the Noah of now, yeah. which is unstoppable, yeah. you know, got to see him kind of coming up was really special as a, as a younger, uh, younger kid. Um, getting to work with Sam Briggs and Lindsay Valenzuela was like life altering. Watching what they do is just unfathomable. Yeah. Um, really cool. I mean, just into amazing people, you know, so through that, it kind of brought me up a little bit and I, um, I was able to really feel like I belonged when I got back to the regional, you know? So it was like, okay, I've, I can hang with these guys. I've trained with these guys. Like we're ready. Uh, uh, Like it's almost like that first time when you step into or onto the field into the weight room your freshman year of 
college football yeah. and you're like, oh crap. Yeah, one hundred percent. You like st- you're like, what did I do? You're like, oh crap! I'm like, you go from being uh, the top dog in your high school where you're the biggest, fastest, yeah. strongest, and you go in, you're like, I am at the bottom of the totem pole right now. The, the like, bottom, like, of the like bottom. I'm a boy. Those are men. One hundred percent. That was a- absolutely. You just kind of even though for a, a CrossFitter, I am huge by comparison, like yeah. size and weight wise, yeah. I'm a giant. Um, I felt like I was looking up at everybody. Yeah, I was like, just like, whoa, oh, my God, what yeah. are they doing? This is, I'm not in the right, I don't belong here. Yeah. And then that next year, 2014, I was like, shoulder to shoulder, I was like, yeah. let's go. Like, yeah. I am not scared of you guys. And it was, that was, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun stepping into that for the first time and having the confidence of training and like actually knowing what to do. How old were you in 2014? Oh, man, I should probably know. So math would probably help here, but when were you born? I was born in 1984, so I had to be 30. Yeah, so you're 30. Right? Yeah, okay. okay, easy one. We got luck. We got lucky. Boom. <clears throat> easy math there. Um, yeah, so I was I was actually probably older. Yeah, I would say a little older in the field okay. comparatively. Yeah. You know, I mean, especially for like Noah and some of those guys. I mean, they were they were babies at that point and just yeah. just getting to that you know maturity level. Um, I think I had that going for me, which was the maturity aspect of it. Yeah, um, which was. A, a blessing you know i was like man like i am 30 i run my own business it wasn't like i didn't get as many jitters it wasn't yeah. you know it was kind of like all right i'm I'm gonna be all right <laughs> yeah, right 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 yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah so that was that was interesting all right so what happened in 2014 oh um it, the the workouts aligned amazingly for what i had been training my coach dusty did an amazing job getting me ready i was i mean doing things that I didn't think were possible and, uh, walked in crushed day one. I mean, absolutely obliterated day two was sitting at the top of the leaderboard and going into day three, Is it three workouts a day. Uh, depends. Usually okay. it was two depending on, depending on the workout. Yeah, Sometimes yeah, okay. it was three depending, like it could be a two parter, yeah. like two pieces, different things like that. Okay. So, um, it kind of depends, but yeah, so typically going into day three, like like comparatively, like in 2013, after day one, I honestly didn't think I could move going into day two. Yeah. And then day two going into day three, I like, I got up and I remember like looking at my mom and my girlfriend being like, I don't, I don't know that I can do this. Yeah. Like I, I physically, like it, back in the day, like there was, uh, this is when Kelly Starrett first started and, um, you know, we started, we were, there was no mobility tools. They didn't exist, yeah. you know? So it was like, we were piece and crap together from the hardware store. We had a car buffer that we had bought <laughs> yeah. because there's no massage. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I was literally like hours before, just like my girlfriend was just car buffing my whole body cause I couldn't <laughs> move. And it was just, it was insane. But going into 2014, like day to day, it was like, like I'm good. I am ready. Like, yeah. I mean, but, it, but again, it was every minute of the competition. It was like, you finish the competition, like the workout, you immediately begin the preparation for the next one as yeah. far as cooling down straight, like what you were doing in between yeah. was just as, if not more important, it really, it really wasn't a test of like fitness. Cause most people are equal at that level. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're pretty close. You're going to have, you're going to have your strengths. You're going to have your weaknesses, different stuff there, but can you recover between workouts and do it again? Can you keep your level that high for that long is it, what it played out. It's kind of like a, like a car race. It's like yeah. the, all the cars go pretty damn fast. Yeah. It's just, do you have all the other things in place? Is your team in place? Is your strategy in place to like 
give you those opportunities to just inch ahead yep. when the opportunities arise. Abs- absolutely. It's, it, it was one of those, like, we always use the term, uh, like, blood in the water. Yeah. Like, you're just kind of hanging out. Everybody's going to be hanging out at roughly the same speed, but you see one person just kind of, like, fumble. Like, take a deep breath, hook grip their shorts a little bit, you know, like, <gasps> take a yeah. deep breath or something, and you're like, boom, got you. Yeah. And, like, you knew it right then, and just you could see, you could just, it, up. You, just a little at a time, you know, or you, like, walk around after workout like you're not tired. Yeah. You know, you, you, you never look tired, you know, things like that, because, you, you, I mean, it wears people down, and yeah. it's a long weekend, yeah. you know, it's, it's a really long weekend, and it's like, if you can, normally the points are pretty close, so if you can show up on Sunday and you're looking good and yeah. you're moving good, it's going to just, it, that in itself, as you walk into the arena, beats people down. Yeah. All right. So day so, two. Yeah, day two. Sorry. Day two was great. And then, uh, I would say it's probably about nine thirty in that, that night. And, uh, I had finished my last meal and I was just kind of laying down and then I, I was, my stomach started to rumble a little bit and I just, I was like, man, I just feel off. Yeah. And, uh, and then I immediately shot up and just went and just puked my guts out for mm. like an hour. Mm. And I was like, Oh man, I thought it was just bad food. I was yeah. like, Oh, okay, cool. I'm done. And I went and laid down and then like 10 minutes later, same thing. Mm. And like for like four hours, mm. I was just r- obliterated just on the floor, just dying. And I was like, what is going on? And so we were kind of scrambling and we were like, all right, if I have any hope of being able to move by the morning, I need fluid. Yeah. So we were actually able, one of my best friends is, uh, a, uh, firefighter in EMT and he knew somebody at the local FD and actually got the fire department to come into our hotel room and give me an IV at like four in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is my only shot. Like I'm going to try to make it here. And, I, I showed up and, and it kind of, the, the event would it look kind of funky, like as everybody was coming in and it turns out that it wasn't just me. It was a, a, it was something in the water Yeah, and there was a contaminant of some sort and like something ridiculous, like 40 to 50% of the field had gotten sick and withdrawn from competition, wow. um, which was, yeah, unbelievable, especially for this level of athlete to yeah, yeah. pull out at this point. I mean, yeah. it's been the last like five years of our lives yeah. leading up to this moment, like literally the next 20 minutes of working out. Um, and we were, I was still on the fence. Like I was walking around, like I started to warm up a little bit and I'd go over and I'd throw up in the trash can and I started mm. to warm up a little bit, go throw up in the trash can. And I was just like, finally, I was just to that point where, I don't really know what happened, but it just kind of broke me. And I was like, you know, this is not worth it. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm done. And, uh, and I just went outside and laid in the grass for like five hours while they finished up the competition. And that was it. You know, it was, uh, it was, that was, I knew it was over. Um, but I think in my mind, it was a total success. Like I could hang, I beat everybody I wanted to beat. I knew that I could go, if I really needed to go. Yeah. And I, I felt successful at that point, you yeah. know, and I was tired. Like I was so tired from just life. Yeah. And I was like, I am so done. Yeah. You know, so. I don't, yeah. It's, um, it, it's hard to really understand the level of commitment it takes to be like an elite level athlete. Yeah. Like you said, just even the difference between going from like, I'm pretty good athlete. I'm training, several times a day to like to what it takes to go, okay, now I'm going to do everything. I'm going to find that entire team. My entire life is going to revolve around my performance as an athlete. Yeah. And the, um, there's this mental kind of and social strain and emotional strain that kind of puts on you. And I, oh, yeah. you know, at some point you're just like, I, I, 
Yeah. I just want something different. I, yeah. I like, I can't even imagine. I mean, Matt Frazier just came out and it like with his like retirement and his why and everything. And, you know, I did it for a year that yeah. solid. I can't imagine what those guys go through. Yeah. I can't even fathom. Yeah. I can't even fathom what that, that feels like. I mean, that level of social, um, just seclusion. Yeah. And I mean, just, you know, to get there, it's just unbelievable. And it's yeah. kind of like when people, some people, like when a, let's say an NFL player retires before they, at their peak, yeah. or like any, any professional athlete, people are like, why are you making yeah. so much money? And, da, da, da. and you just like, you just don't, you don't get it. Yeah. You they they want a life. Yeah. Yeah. They want something. Yeah. They want to enjoy something again, yeah. you know, because it's, it's a job, you yeah. know, and that's, and that's inevitably what it took away from me Yeah, was it was something that I loved to do with my friends. It was my hobby. It was amazing. You know, it was, it would change my life. And then now it was the one thing that I really didn't want to do. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this I'm, sucks. I'm a, I haven't like, we haven't talked about my full story. I don't think no. I'll give you like the, the bird's eye yeah, view of it, do. but it's funny. Cause like I played, football and went and played at a d2 school as a defensive end nice. very much was more of a meathead and like performed better in the gym than i did on the field yeah you know i was yep. like well the top guys in the weight room but definitely not the top dude on the field um left started personal training started personal training my mom <laughs> she didn't help me open the gym yeah. but uh but just gotta uh open the gym and like basically was a competitive uh, i kind of bounced around from weightlifting, uh, powerlifting, bodybuilding. Um, I did some strongman stuff and then some endurance racing stuff. And then I just kind of said, I'm going to do powerlifting. So for like a six, seven year period, I just powerlifted with like two stints of doing bodybuilding competitions. Wow. So, um, yeah. And had, I had the whole team, had the massage therapist, yeah. had the dry kneading person, did my nutrition. That's just like, like that was like my full life. And then just one day it's like, man, I'm just done. Yeah. I just want something different. Yeah. And it, it, it took me a long time to understand what shifted that day. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, in hindsight, looking back in, and we'll dive into this a little deeper, but it was my value shifted. Yeah. At that moment, I didn't know it. It yeah. took me a very long time and a lot of dumb things to, to understand what that meant, but yeah. it was a value shift. Yeah. You know? And before we move on to any of that, I want to ask, what endurance did you do? I, <laughs> right. yeah. no, I did, um, I did, uh, a couple of, um, like obstacle, uh, obstacle course races. Yeah, okay. I just kind of like, like I would, I would pick a six month period and say, okay, I'm going to train for a bodybuilding or a, a powerlifting meet. And then the next six month period is like, I'm going to do a bodybuilding show. The next six month period is like, I'm going to do a strongman competition. Yeah, the next sure. one I'm going to do a weightlifting competition. The next one I'm going to do this. I just kind of was like, uh, I needed something to do. Yeah. When I left football, I was like, I need something because I've, I only know competition. Yep. You know, I only know physical competition and I need to find something. And so I just kind of did all those things and went, okay, I like this one the most. Yeah. Or maybe I was like, I'm the better at this one compared to the other ones. Yeah. For I sure. was not very good at the internet. I, tot- I totally, I, as I was going, I was like, we're about the same size. Yeah. Like that is the least effective for me as far as modalities are concerned. No, I, I, I did it. I was yeah. like, okay, that was cool. Check it out. But uh, See you later. that's not my thing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. The the value shift, I think that's a great way of putting it. It's just like, at that time, it's like uh, the most important thing. Yep. And what I what I call it is like my identity shifted. Like my identity yeah. was, yep. was kind of locked into like 
my performance as a powerlifter yep. or my performance as a strength athlete. And that, that's how I viewed myself. That's a lens I, I viewed myself through. And it's a lens I kind of viewed everyone else through. And for me, the, the, the thing that shifted me was like, it was we were, my wife and I were trying to have kids mm-hmm. and that kind of just changed things, you know, uh, and shifted my values to kind of like, well, like my life is going to have to stop being about me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Bottom line. Yeah. And so like, and for myself, the, just like the, the, the necessity to train three hours four or five days a week, train every Saturday, train Friday nights. Yeah. Um, like when I was doing bodybuilding, I was eating, oh uh, gosh, I probably got like 70,000 calories a day. Ugh. I threw like nine to, to, to <laughs> 10 meals. And yeah. so like just the, the brutality of doing that day in, day out, it just like, it just wore on me. I was just like, I, I'm just not going to be able to do this anymore. Like if I'm, if I don't have kids. So yeah. That was kind of the, the shift for me. What, what, what was the shift for you? Yeah, it was, man, it was very similar. Um, it was, I wanted to be, I think I wanted to be known for more than just my physical capabilities. Yeah. I was like, I can do uh, anything I touched physically. I could do well and had been my whole life. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that it was just natural for me. Yeah. But it, it was like, I understood something at that point where it was like, this is going to go away. And it was like, okay. And it was, and it was also, it was also really freeing. Yeah. Looking back now, you know, at the time it didn't necessarily feel that way. It felt like I was giving up something Yeah. Um, because I didn't know how to move with it yet. Um, but in reality it was really freeing because it allowed me to explore other things. It allowed me to explore what I could do and, and friends, family, yeah. you know, business, you know, it was like, Oh, I should probably pay a little more attention to my business rather than how much I'm eating and training. And, you know, lo and behold, things picked up a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was at that moment, you know, laying on that grass, it was like, man, now what? Yeah. Um, and you know, then it, it, the next year began, you know, it was, it was interesting. So how did you answer that? What was, what was now what? Oh man. It was, uh, a, a total shift in my entire life. I had been with my, my, my girlfriend at the time. Um, and she was a competitive athlete, you know, amazing woman. Um, and we ended that relationship shortly after that regional. Um, and I mean, everything, it was kind of like a, it was, it was like a midlife crisis when I was like 31, Yeah, you know, I was like, Oh my God, what do I do? This is all I've ever known. Right. All my friends are about this. My family's like, this is it, you know? And from then on, it was just kind of this like soul searching and through it. I, I like, I think the first thing for me was having fun while training. Yeah. Was like the component, like, how do I do that again? Like, so it was like bringing my friends in and like not taking the open so seriously and like, like doing those things. And, and I, I found, I ran into my wife in that period in 2015 and, you know, funny enough, I still qualified for the regionals, you know, and did well, but it was a, it was a new format that yeah. year. It was what they called the super regional. So yeah. it was, uh, it was previously, it was like, you had like the Southwest, the mid Atlantic, you know, and you kind of went your own regional, but now it was like all of the South with Latin America merged into one giant regional. And I qualified like 
14th for that. Yeah. And I was like, well, I got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I went to that, and that was the first competition that was just more fun. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a coach. I, I dropped the coach, and, and we were just kind of rolling on our own and still my own programming, having yeah. fun, you know, focusing on friends and family, um, and ended up doing, I think I got like 12th or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it was more about just having the experience of going to that event, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the year that things started to, I started to explore what it was like to have fun working out and having a family and things like that. So it was, it was interesting. What, um, did you ever, I mean, cause you stuck with, you stuck with CrossFit and that think that's, that's probably something that's a little different. Yeah. Um, from a lot of people's experiences, you know, because uh, like I couldn't still power lift like mentally, yeah, because uh, I was always kind of comparing myself to to that previous. And obviously, if you like if you, and I think it maybe it was kind of thinking through it, like obviously if you're a professional football player, you stop playing football, you're not gonna like keep playing recreational football, sure. But if you're a golfer, yeah, like you can still do golf, exactly. So. I think the nature of the sport, <laughs> yeah. And, and the way I approached it was yeah. I went back and just asked, why did I start? Yeah. I literally, I mean, and I saved my, tra- my original training journals and I like, like from the first day I did cross my first L1 in like 2007 and I was like, why? And I went back and started looking at what I did and it was like a love for programming. It was like a love for constantly varied. Like I just wanted to be able to do anything at any time. Anytime anybody asks, like, you want to go to a 5K? Done. You want to go to powerlifting meet? Done. Yeah. You want to go climb a 14er in Colorado? Done. Yeah. Like, it was like, I wanted to be able to be, like, a special ops, you know, yeah. like, without being special ops, yeah, yeah, you uh, know? Yeah. And that's what I wanted. And I was like, I can do that, yeah. you know? So I started doing all sorts of random crap mixed with my CrossFit. Gotcha. And that's what what I fell back in love with yeah. was like, Oh, I can do this and I don't have to do that workout if I don't want to, or, yeah. you know, stop doing strength cycles and like all these things that I just, that weren't traditional CrossFit for me and went back to just traditional CrossFit and a willingness to explore it, yeah. not to put it in a box and be like, it has to be this. It was like, well, what if we did this? Yeah. What if we did that? And what if I did this and, and allowed it to kind of morph into whatever it needed to be for me at that time yeah and and allowed it to, to kind of go along that path is what i think started in 2015 that's awesome yeah very cool yeah. i think the thing that got me was um when i kind of had my moment i was like my knees are beat up my body is physically worn out i've got i'm on three blood pressure medications uh i was like 285 and I was like 32, 32, 33, and kind of went, I used to be an athlete. <laughs> like, uh, thinking back to, like, middle school, and it's like I used to play I played three sports. I would go rock climbing. We'd go mountain biking. Like, um, we did all kinds of outdoor activities. And I was like, man, like, I, I stay away from all that stuff now because it would take away from, like, my powerlifting. Yeah. And I just was like, man, like, I used to be an athlete and I don't feel that way anymore. I was like, I just want to, I want to have confidence in my body to do things and just feel good again. Yeah. And then, um, and for a while I was like, well, I'll just, I'll kind of like do some different training on my own. And I was just like, I cannot train by myself. It, I've only, um, I've really only ever trained with other people except for like some brief stints in bodybuilding. And that was relatively, miserable like you gutted it out yes 
but uh, it's like I just I'm extroverted. I like to be around people. You know, the vast majority of my fitness experience was going from like being on teams to like um, having training partners, having a training crew, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, it's like I just need to be around people again. So I, <laughs> the first CrossFit workout I did, uh, I remember I had like burpees uh, in it at the very end, and it was. Uh, the class time was primarily like 40, 50, 60 year olds. And they're all like done a good five minutes before right. me, like clapping their hands. Go like, come this. on, David, you got this. I was like, stop patronizing <laughs> me. I'm just like dragging myself off the floor. But that's, that was kind of, um, my shift and kind of what's attracted to me, attracted it to me now is like, I can go in, I can build relationships. I can work out for one hour where like I had never worked out for one hour up yeah. until that point. It was like two, three hours every time. And just have a little more confidence in my body to be able to kind of like go do anything. You know, like still pretty strong, pretty good shape, still got pretty decent muscle. Like I, I, I can go bike, I can go run, I can play with my kids. Like I can take it on without, you know, worrying if like I'm going to get hurt or what I'm going to feel like the next day or whatever. So, yeah, that was that was kind of the, the shift in me, which attracted me to CrossFit. Yeah. And, and kind of away from the the sport I I had known for seventy years. Yeah, and I think you you brought up something that that was a huge factor for me was a lot of the training I did when I was training hard was by myself. Yeah, and it was like I had people that would just come kind of pace me and just like be with me, and then somebody else would tap in in the middle of the workout, or or a different person would come for the next training session or whatever, or just sit with me. Yeah, but it was miserable. I was like, man, like to the same point. Like I love being on a team. I yeah. love hanging out in the gym and working out for an hour. Yeah. You know, not ten, <laughs> an hour. You know, and then say high five. See you tomorrow. You yeah. know, like I loved that, and it was like that vision of that going back to it is what really. I think drew me back to it, which was great. It's inter like it's interesting because I remember um, I was talking to someone one time. Uh, uh, we kind of like had had we're, we're talking and realized each of us had done we were doing CrossFit, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I, I do it with, with with my gym." And you know, I, I was like, "I can't train by myself. I, I'm I, I love being around people." And he was like, "Oh, I don't I don't like being around people." <laughs> He's like, I, "I only I only like training by myself," which was interesting. But I think. I think for the for the most people, um, the community aspect of training is is vital and not really taken into consideration yeah. as much as it should be. Totally, agree. Um, because it's just like as human beings, we are social creatures, you know. Yeah. And the nice thing about it is like, there's times where you need to be pushed. There's times where like you are selling yourself short mentally and you are, are just being too soft mm -hmm. and you need someone else there to sh not necessarily like confront you on it uh, verbally, but to just show you like this is the output you need to be doing. Yep. This is the expectation of what you can do and 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 hold you accountable to like doing that. There's also times where like you need to be told good job. You know, by someone. Yeah. When you're like, uh, there's been times where you need to be picked up, and there's also times where like you need to be that person that yeah. is setting the standard, that is um, picking someone else up, that is giving the high five or whatever. So like, uh, and I think the deeper that that uh, the more you do that, it creates a deeper and deeper and deeper connection, and that's one of the 
the necessities for like long-term success. It's like, there's only so long. Don't get me wrong. There are people who are just mental, uh, you know, magicians and can just be solo and do all that kind of stuff. That's not the average person. Sure. Um, the average person is going to, is going to find themselves coming up against struggles and obstacles. And if they're, if they're doing it solo enough times, eventually they're just, they're going to give up. Yeah. You know, and, but that social aspect allows people to, to get through it together on a, as a team. And it just, it adds just such a, a deeper dynamic to it that that makes it sustainable. Yeah. And that's like when, when I, when I see people like struggling or, 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 you know, being on and off and on and off, it's, it's always through seclusion. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, if you were here, if you were here, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be struggling. You just like, they seclude themselves. They ignore the text messages. They, they don't want to, they, they remove themselves from the community because they have the option to. And when they do that, that's when, that's when you're going to stop. That's where you're going to fail or struggle, whatever. But whatever you're going through, if you stay connected to the community, you'll get through it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's, I think that's um, an underappreciated aspect of CrossFit and training in general. A lot of times people like want to get into the specifics of like, well, how many hours, how many reps, how many sets, what percentages, you know, how many macros. I'm like, none of that matters if it's not over a long period of time. Yeah. Um, like one of the things I say is like, it doesn't really matter what changes you make in the next six weeks. If in the next six years or yeah. 60 years, you're not still doing them. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. And I want to see people build 60 years of fitness. I want you to start and never stop. Yep. You know, I don't want you to like be on and off, on and off, on and off. And I think the community aspect to me is one of the most helpful aspects of making that 60 year period really happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's the thing that allowed me to go from, you know, I, I guess I call myself kind of jokingly a semi-professional exerciser. Yeah. Um, Cause I think CrossFit being a sport is hilarious. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, going from that, being able to come back to the community and be loved. Yeah. Like they didn't judge me. Like when I walked back into the gym, they were just like, like you did so amazing. Like yeah. we love you. Yeah, like, I'm proud of you, bud. Awesome. Dude. Yeah. You want to, you want to, you want to do some pull-ups? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I do. That, yeah. That, that's awesome. You know? And you know, that's been the great thing about, you know, I even, I, th- I think the, the next year it was kind of funny. I did the open just to do the open and yeah. I qualified for the regionals. Again. Oh, oh like, you mean the next the 2016. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, like, man, like it was, I was like, <laughs> holy crap, you know, um, kind of residual fitness from the, yeah. the stack I had built. Um, and that's when I really made the decision to like, like I had to do something drastic to like end my competitive career. So I opted to not go to the regionals. I, I did not accept the invitation and I went to Nepal. I, mm-hmm. I went to Nepal with my wife and my now wife, yeah. uh, who's a member here as well. Yeah. And uh, we explored for like two weeks and hiked to Everest Base Camp. And it was like that moment was like the 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 defining moment where it was kind of out of the gray. Yeah. We were in the gray for a couple of years and it kind of like turned and it was like click. And it was like, okay, we're heading family. We're going for like, uh, you know, community at the gym. And it was like that moment where yeah. I realized that that was what I had missed was that community aspect. And you know, when we, we moved here to, to Memphis last year, that was the one thing that we missed the most 
was the the community aspect of it like like just like you spoke of like we became recluses you know yeah. you know there was a lot going on we had covid new jobs new place secluded we weren't living around here you know so we we kind of made a decision we're like all right we need to we need to get plugged in somewhere and we looked for a crossfit gym i was like i gotta go back to my roots yeah. you know because i was training by myself in my garage i was yeah. you know training every day we had a sick garage set up it was every piece of equipment you can imagine i mean i used to own a gym it was yeah. it was decked out yeah um and we hated it yeah <laughs> it was awful you know because it would be like slugging it out in 100 degree weather by yourself like and i am that kind of like like that that jackass that donkey in the hailstorm like i like hot no airflow yeah i'm just suffering i i dig that that is my home yeah um and i was not finding solace there yeah and it was like i was like something's wrong you know and so we came to the gym and, and honestly when i came to mds i think it was the first time but probably in my entire fitness CrossFit experience, you know, because if you look back, I had always owned the gym. Yeah. So that's what you're always looked at a little differently as you can relate, you know, yeah. it's always a little different. But when I stepped into the gym here, I was just a member. Yeah. And it was like, oh man, this is cool. Yeah. You know, it was fun. I got to experience it all over again. Yeah. And fell back in love with, with the, the general physical preparedness and what the community has to offer. And that's what I think was the biggest bridge in the gap between being a competitive athlete and then being able to still do the sport that I competed in on a recreational basis was the support of the community without question. Like yeah. no question is, is I could not have done it, you know, because I would have gone, I would have, uh, you know, uh, separated, I would have gone into seclusion and, you know, being able to have the accountability, the texts where I'm like, oh, I really, I really don't want to go to yeah. the gym today, but I'm like, Johnny's going to be there. I got to go. See Johnny's Johnny. going to be there. I, Johnny's going to be there. Matt's going to kick my ass. You know, like yeah, my wife's, I got to try to beat my wife's time, yeah. you know, um, which will, won't happen. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think that's, that's the coolest part. And I, I 100% agree is the most underrepresented. And, and I think it's the funniest because it's the least thing people talk about. They're yeah. like, Oh, what are your reps? What are your sets? What are your percentages? What are your macros? You know, are yeah. you going keto? It's like, None of that matters. Yeah. None of it. Like the, it'll matter, but it, it'll become the, like you'll stumble across the appropriate path due to the community. Yeah. Like those things will be the outcome of focusing on being a part of the community because you'll find what works for you. Yeah. There's no prescription. Yeah. It, it, I mean, you're going to find a mix of like 30 different things that eventually will work together in perfect harmony for yeah. you. But you got to try them and you got to talk to somebody and be like, well, what do you do? Yeah. Like, well, I do, I do this and this like, oh, cool. Like, or coach told me this, like, oh, try that. You know, yeah. like, like that, that's the magic is like the melting pot, not the way, you know, yeah. it's, it's principles over methods. And that's what I love about CrossFit. Yeah. The community is it's, it's a set of principles. It's not, you know, CrossFit didn't come up with the thruster or the squat or the zone diet or any of the stuff that they promote. Yeah. They just, they just gave the space to, to create create which is inevitably what made it awesome yeah 100 percent. so now how do you how's your mind shifted from like a goal standpoint like how do you determine like what your goals are because i think there's uh we kind of talked about the importance of the community aspect and there's also the importance of like having some particular goal that you're trying to achieve i think um going through the through the motions also tends to kind of create atrophy and, and, and fall off. Um, so, like, how do you, how's your mind 
what was your mental shift and like now how do you view goal setting? Man, great, great question. Um, that's probably been the hardest part yeah. from the competitive because when you compete, it's like you just you want to win. Yeah. Cool. But then you stop competing. It's like it went from this really narrow focused. I want to be a competitor at the CrossFit Games to I just want to be healthy when I'm older. Yeah. You know, which was just terrible. <laughs> uh, just I think it's the default. Like, it's I like, want to. Yeah. Like it's, it's very arbitrary. It's, yeah. It's very beautiful, yeah. fluffy, like on a cloud with unicorns and shit. Yeah. And it was it was awesome. Like it worked for like a day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you want to start training for something. But it's like, yeah. what do you train for? So I think initially it was uh, the gen, the GPP. I want to be able to do anything. Um, but along with that, I started to sign up for random hard things. Mm-hmm. And that's something I still take with me is I try to do a couple stupid hard things a year without training for them okay. outside of CrossFit. Um, and the other thing that, that that's really helped me honestly has been the, the, the gym here has been the level method. Yeah. Um, like I love doing Fran, but if I do Fran again, I'm going to punch somebody in the face. Like if, if I like a lot of the, the benchmarks that I've done, like I'm never going to be able to hit the numbers that I've hit before. Right. So it's actually kind of defeating for me yeah. or it was. Um, but now looking at kind of what the level method has, kind of paired up with doing hard things. It's like, okay, it allows me like the level method allows me to fill the gaps that I, I know I need to work on, but I really will never do it on my own. Yeah. Um, but it allows me to do those with a group. And yeah. I'm like, hey, we're all working on this crap today. Like, but we're doing it together. So I'm like, all right, cool. That's fun. And it, I think the goal for me then becomes to be as well rounded as possible, yeah. which is something that I think was missing, yeah. you know? So it, it takes me back to that, like well-rounded, like how I started for that general physical preparedness, like craving that. And it actually puts something tangible to it yeah. rather than like, I just want to be healthy while I'm older. Well, if it's like, if I keep striving to, for, for virtuosity and all of these components by default, I'm going to get there, right? you know? And it's like, okay, cool. So I think for me that those have been two components that have really helped me dial in what I'm working on in the gym to have something, a goal to, to work toward. Yeah. I think for me, um, very similar. Uh, it's funny. Someone asked me the other day, they're like, well, you know, what are your, what are your, who's, who, who I'm coaching for powerlifting? He was like, asking me what my numbers are. And I kind of was like, <laughs> I mean, I was like, ah, I, I probably squatting about 425 to 450. I'm probably deadlifting around five and I'm probably benching close to three. And in my mind, I'm like, which is like 500, 600 pounds lower than my best. Right. <clears throat> and, you know, total. Yeah. He was like, man, you're strong. And I was like, oh, okay. That was wait, like a totally, a <laughs> I was, I was not thinking that. Uh, but it kind of, it's, it, it's, it's two things. One, it's just kind of that mentality. Like when you go into the gym and I like in the, in the, in the past when I saw like, uh, everyone's like, David, did you hit a PR? And I'm like, I'm never going to hit another PR again. Like, yeah. That's just a reality. Like, I'm probably never going to hit another deadlift PR. Yeah. Um, and so there was kind of a, a struggle with, with like, doing that and, like, having those previous performances in the back of your head and, like, knowing what you're capable of. Um, but uh, also uh, shows, like, the fact of, like, when, when you've stacked that many years of training, like, you, you've just got that that base level yeah. that um, is not maybe peaked out, but like it's still like significantly higher than the average person. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. But so like my goal uh, originally was just like, I had to just figure out a, a habit and a routine that just gets me into the class, into the gym that yeah. gets me into there. And I was kind of like 
getting to CrossFit. And then for me, like I can, I can set like an individual goal every single day. So like that day I can walk in and say, okay, based off of the workout, based off of other people, here's kind of my goal for that day. So I get like, like an individual new goal each day to kind of strive for, like try to, 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 to prepare for. And then the nice thing about CrossFit is because it is so um, diverse, there's there's so many different components. I'm like, ah, you know, I'm, I, I can definitely make some improvements here, ah, and I can make some improvements here. And um, that's one of the reasons we had originally kind of created our own little, it wasn't the level method, but our own kind of little level up yeah, board. Yeah, PR board thing. And then when we came across the uh, the level method, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is this is what we were trying to do, but but better, like the best yeah. way of doing it. And like, yeah, like you said, like to me, that, that is an amazing way of, of giving you a clear path forward. Yeah. I think sometimes when you come out of that, like out of that competitive mindset or that competitive um, uh, atmosphere, like it, for powerlifting, it's super um, objective. I yeah. need to put five more pounds on. Or I need yeah. to put 10 more pounds on. Yeah. You know, to do this total, whatever it's going to be. And so when you kind of come out of that, you're like, I need – I need some type of like objective ways of seeing like where I'm at, where I'm going and like how to get there. And that the level method has been amazing at doing that. Yeah. And the cool thing, I think, or another aspect of it's kind of like, there's also like a goal of not letting yourself fall off. Yeah. You know, yeah. cause there's been times like, like when I like kind of jacking up my elbow, like a lot of my upper body strength kind of went down a, a bit. And it's not necessarily, and it's not necessarily like taking it past where it was, but I'm like, Ooh, it was at a level that like it needs to get back to. Yeah. It's like, I probably don't need to, I don't, I'm not, I'm not willing to do what it takes to get back to a 600 pound deadlift. I don't want to do that, but like, I don't really want it to fall from a 500 pound deadlift. So sure. like, that's another level of like goal is like, well, I'm going to maintain like that level how can I maintain this while still being able to like make some progress over here? You know, I love that. Yeah, I, th I think, th but that brought up two things for me. I think one thing that I started to do was I had to set post-competitive PRs. Yeah, like like I had to reset the board. Yeah, because it was depressing. It was like I'm never going to reach that again, and nor do I want to. Yeah, I have no desire to. You yeah. know, but I need to know that I'm improving. Like, okay, this is a new PR for me. Yeah, you know, I'm going for this again. Like, yeah, like I will hit that again, like for sure. Yeah, and to your point, I love it that it it keeps rounding me out because as I get older, you know, my goal is to be even across the board, but I have no, you know, you know random ideas that it's going to be, you know, accelerating as I get older, but yeah. it sure shit doesn't need to drop off. Yeah. You know, I can maintain and keep up with where I'm at right now, if not accelerate until yeah. I can't yeah. in a safe way, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, and I think the other benchmark that I always forget about that I always do despite hating it is the open. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a great benchmark yeah. and it, and I think they've done a great job of incorporating the age into it. You yeah. know, so you become a master at 35, it's yeah. a different ball game, yeah. you know, so, which is great. Yeah, I know. Right. And then we're, we're in that field, which is <laughs> awesome. And you get to see that progress every five years and you get to stay up on it. And yep. it's another one of those that turns it into a lifelong love and you get to compete with your buddies all over the world, yep. which is like amazing. Like, you know, I've got this one thing with a guy in like Switzerland yeah. that for like seven years, we've been neck and neck, no matter where we're 
we're at. And, you know, <laughs> I look forward to looking for him on the leaderboard every single year. And inevitably, we're going to crush the same workouts. We suck at the same stuff. I'm pretty sure we're, like, from the same lineage. He's your doppelganger. 100%. No question. But it's like... Does he know about... Do you, did you know each other? No, we don't know no, We don't know each other at all. Does like, he? But does he know you're looking... You're, no, you're, <laughs> no clue. He has no clue. It, it's silence, you know, in, in behind the curtain, you know. I should probably message him. This I year. really hope if there's any way that he hears this. Yeah, he's that, like, he's like, oh, I know Chris Hoppy. That's the guy. That's him. <laughs> that's the guy I look that, for every year. That's it, you know. We're, we're always next to each other. It's crazy. But, <laughs> that's awesome. But I love that, you know. That's another, I think that's another community aspect that's overlooked with Very CrossFit. Cool. It's like, oh, it's the open. It's like so hard. It's like, yeah, but it's it's fun, like. Like, cause I'm, I miss competing. It's a community competition that just, yes. it brings all that together. Yeah. It just makes you feel connected to the entire world of fitness. And it, and it puts you in uh, the right, your ego in the right frame of mind. Yeah. Cause you look at it, you're like, you're not going to win, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but you get to compete with your buddies and you get to suffer together. And then at the end you high five and you talk about how you could do it better. And you're like, Oh, I might try that again. You know, I might try to get like five more reps and beat so-and-so from Venezuela. Yeah. You know, yeah, let's go. You know, it gives you the opportunity to do that, which is so awesome. Like it's so fun. I think man, like one of the, one of the crazy things about CrossFit to me is, is you get to, you get a real like a um, honest comparison of like yourself versus the best. It's hard to like, it's hard to like conceptualize how good like LeBron James is. Yeah. Cause like, even if you play basketball, like you, you've never gone against him or maybe you like never gone against someone like that's even in, in the pros or whatever. Like even in football, I'm like, it's, I kind of have a concept of like, like yeah. the, the jump from high school to, to, to college. And like people have told me what the, it feels like to jump from like this to this. Yeah. But like I've experienced the exact same workout that that guy has done. Right. Or like that. Uh, the gr- uh, yeah. The I girl competed, let's be real. <laughs> let's be real here. And uh, a lot of the masters, like 60 plus athletes. I'm like, all right, I'm going, I'm gunning for yeah. you. That's what I'm training for <laughs> yeah. right now. You know, the, the 65 plus like females in the games. I'm like, nah, I think I could take that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> On a good day. Like if I'm rested and you've trained for like five days, maybe, Yeah. you know, but that, that's, that's exactly it. Like that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Brandon and I were, were kind of joking that, that I was like, I can probably out deadlift most of the girls, but that is the only thing I could even come close remotely to. close. Like, yeah, hands I, down. I was like, me and my best day going against one of them on their the the last place games athlete on their worst day. Yeah, I'm gonna get obliterated, trounced. Yeah, um, and so it's it's just it's it's cool. It makes you have a crazy appreciation for like that level of fitness. It's yeah. just like the fact that they can do what they do. It's just like. Well, and it's the only blowing. it's the only sport where you can compete with them, right? You like you're on the same leaderboard, yep. you're you're finding out about the workout at the same time. Yep. Like you're doing it, and then it's even. I think it's even fun. Like when the like the regionals and the games come out, and you try some of those workouts, and you see what they do, and you do it, and you're like, how? Yeah, how, yeah. How is that? How? Even and that's their, you're like like thirteenth workout of the day at that point for yeah. the games, and I'm like fresh on like you know yeah. Saturday, you know full of pizza and, and I'm ready to go, you know, I'm carved up. Yeah. And then I just tank 10 seconds <laughs> in the workout, you know, it's like, man, that's so awesome. Like it's, it's just really, it's cool to be that intertwined with it. Yeah. One of the craziest ones, I'm trying to think of her name. Um, she's one, uh, she's one of the top four last year. One of the shorter girls is really good at gymnastics. Terry Pierce. Terry Pierce. So, yeah. uh, and I can't remember the workout is, but I think it's like 
10 pull-ups or ten, uh, Mary Mary yeah 10 handstand push-ups yeah. 15 pull-ups uh five five handstand push-ups 10 pull-ups pis- pistols, pistols 15, 15 pull-ups, pull-ups. that's yeah. right yeah. Yeah, yeah 20 minutes yeah and she did uh it, it wasn't last year when they did it as like the Murph variation no, the, which was the insane year before, but the year before was... she did like 21 or 20 rounds she's doing a minute plus yeah, yeah, yeah at one minute or, or a minute every minute she's doing a round yep. unbroken the entire time the whole time this is insane. Unbelievable. I mean, I mean, I, I challenge like, anybody to do 20 it. rounds of yeah. 15 pull-ups sure. unbroken. Yeah. Bam, 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 yeah. bam, bam. Every minute. Yeah. I was like that. I was like, that is just it's un- unreal. Unreal. It's unreal. It's yeah. like, I can fathom like people running fast. Sure. I can fathom people jumping high. But that, that is, that, is hard for me to. That's impressive. Yeah. Super yeah. impressive. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, very cool, Chris, man. We appreciate, uh, appreciate you coming on the uh, MBS Fitness Radio Podcast. And um, excited to uh, share your story with the world, man. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you all having me. It's, it's been a lot of fun, and I, I love talking about this stuff. And I love, uh, I love the journey that is fitness. You know, I really think it's not just something people do. It's part of who we are, yeah. you know, and it's cool to be a part of that in a community and get to share with people. So I appreciate the opportunity. All right, brother. We're out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.